Khalashing for Khalas? Want to buy or find dine? Stay tuned to Chai FM on 101.9. Join Adrian Bagatti for SN Fresen Tuesday mornings from 11 a.m. where it's all about the food. Good morning. I'm Adrian, your host. If you would like to send us an SMS on 34519, SMSs are charged at 1.50. You can send a telegram of 061-895-1019. You can email us to onair at highfm.com or call the studio 010-140-3020. Today I thought I'd like to talk about something that comes up so often on Facebook, especially in groups where women collect. And that is the cost of groceries and how much we should be spending every month. Now, this is quite a controversial topic. Everybody has differing amounts. Everybody has differing salaries and lifestyles. Some people are kosher. Some people are not. You know, so it's a quite a complex discussion to have. But the simplicity is that the truth, no matter what you earn, food has gone up. Groceries have gone up ridiculous amounts this year. And there's no actual set amount. The RSC recommends that no more than 25% of your take-home salary should be used for groceries. Now, that doesn't only include food. It's including your toiletries and your cleaning supplies. The problem comes if you are earning less than 10,000 rand a month, then that percentage is going to be like 50% of your take-home salary because, let's face it, it's not going to be possible to live on 2,500 rand a month. If you are a family of four. In fact, in April 2022, um, the business tech blog, I think you would call it, did a little bit of research and they came up with the amount of 4,500 rand for a bare basic basket for a family of four. So no fancy things. It was just food. It was bread, rice, Uh, jam, peanut butter, like really, really, really the bare essentials. And it was four and a half thousand rand. Now, with the inflation and everything, it's to about five thousand rand per month with many households earning way less than that. In fact, with the SA minimum wage of just over 25 rand an hour, a person working 45 hour week is only going to earn four and a half thousand rand. So it's not a lot to ha- play around with. But then on the other side, I found an article from Vitz. Um, it's obviously suggesting students from overseas because they're saying that around 2,300 rand per person per month is groceries, your toiletries, and your household cleaning supplies. So like I said, it depends on you, on what products you buy, where you buy it, How are you doing your shopping? All of those things. So we're going to work out how to do it the best. The National Agricultural Marketing Counseling Council sorry, says food is up 9% since January already and will continue to rise because of the cost of petrol, transport, and obviously the lack of electricity. Now, I'm assuming with the lack of electricity, they're talking about the fact that food cannot be kept cold because of refrigerators. It's also the cost of the farmers and store places having to buy generators, having to change over to solar. The initial outlay is going to be expensive, and obviously we, the consumer, are going to be hit with that. So they gave us a list of 18 food items that have seen the most significant price increases 
year on year. So from this time last year to now, these are the top 18 price increases. And some of these will shock you. We'll go back to that after the ad break. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Right. If you've got any suggestions on budget recipes or any ideas that you'd like to share with us or budgeting tips for your groceries, please let me know. You can SMS 34519, send a telegram on 061, sorry, 0689510019 or email us on air at highfm.com or call 010-140-3020. So I'm going to list the top increases for products this year. The first one at the top of the list, onions have, believe it or not, gone up by 75% in price. Now, I don't know about you, but I use a lot of onion in my home and because it's beautiful in everything, in stews, to make soups, all of those kind of things. So that's an important thing. Potatoes have gone up 41%. Peppers, green peppers, have gone up 34%. Sump, which is a staple maize, is 32%. Cabbage, which also used to be considered like a really cheap item, is up 29%. Cake flour, up 28%. Millie meal, up 28%. Spinach, up 24%. Cooking oil, 22%. Carrots, 20%. Stock cubes, 20%. Brown bread, 18%. Chicken feet, 18%. White bread, 18%. Butternut, 17%. Apricot jam, 14%. Fish, 13%. And canned beans, 12%. Now, all of these 18 items are actually considered basic groceries. They are basic staples in most homes because they were always the cheapest to buy. But that is no longer the case. No matter your income, prices are high. So this week, there's some ways to reduce your grocery budget like really well. And I will share a favorite meal of mine. It can be made any way you like. I've put the recipe up, but it is one that doesn't really need a recipe. It's up to you. So my first tip, and this is one who anybody who knows me will know that this is my passion, is meal planning. I believe in meal planning. I cannot stress the idea enough. Meal planning is not something we should only be doing when we're going on a diet or when we've been to the dietitian. Meal planning is something we should be doing every day. And we're one of the few countries that don't meal plan. Um, I'm not sure if it's because most of us have domestic help or I don't know what the, what the reason is that we do not meal plan. But meal plan takes the headache away so much that just all I can say. Meal planning is an important way to reduce your food bill. It also increases the likelihood that you are going to eat healthy food because when you sit down to plan, you consciously think about what you're putting on your meal plan so you are more likely to make healthier choices. And if you check out any successful diet, ones that have been going around for years or have come and stayed, not come and gone and gone through phases, you will see they all come with a meal plan so that you can stick to it better. Now, meal planning doesn't have to be Monday to Monday. So if Monday to Monday doesn't suit you and Thursday to Thursday suits you, well, why not? 
There's no set method. How you plan your meals is up to you. You can plan for only your dinners. You can plan for three meals a day. You can plan for three meals a day plus your snacks. It's all up to you. But one of the suggestions when planning your meals for your week is to look at the specials at your local stores. Find out where they are, when they start. I know one place on a Friday starts with some massive vegetable sales. Now, don't get carried away with those sales. Only buy enough for the week. So if it's on sale because it's sort of expiry date or something like that, unless it can be frozen, don't buy a whole lot. Just buy what you need because buying more than you need is wasting money because you're going to land up throwing it away. So that's the first thing. I must admit, confession, I haven't been very good with meal planning in the recent weeks. And obviously, my bank account is reflecting this. I was meticulous. I planned for an entire month. Now I barely planned for a day. But what has helped is my meal plan template. So I have a template that I kind of stick to with Monday being vegan as for the meat-free. Tuesdays is generally mince. Wednesdays is vegetarian. So it'll be like macaroni and cheese. Or if you eat fish, then it'll be a fish deal. Uh, Wednesdays is, sorry, Thursdays is chicken and Friday is red meat for one week and the next week we'll swap it around where Thursday will be the red meat and Friday will be the chicken. Weekends we kind of are like everybody help themselves, you know, the, the kids are out, there's leftovers, we've got Shabbos, so that's sort of what we do for the weekend and it definitely makes a difference. The next tip I have, and this is to shop in your own kitchen first. The family might complain that there's no food to eat, but that usually applies to the ready-to-eat food. Chances are you actually have plenty in your cupboards. It just needs to be put together and cooked. So that's where it starts. Shopping in your own home reduces the amount of food that gets wasted, especially if you're somebody who's quite meticulous on expiry dates, on canned foods and things like that. So then you want to use those as soon as possible. So when you buy new stuff, my suggestion is the newer ones go to the back of your cupboard and the older ones come forward. It's a good excuse to clean the cupboards out regularly and to keep track of what you have. There's always something lurking forgotten in the back of your fridge, your freezer or your cupboard that can be turned into a quick meal anytime you want it to. Tip number three is something I started doing about two years ago. I have a separate savings account just for my groceries. I put my grocery money into this card every month, and that is all it is used for, nothing else. And this is, for me, the modern version of envelope budgeting. Now, for those who've never heard of envelope budgeting, it is an older method, and it really, really works well. It does take a bit of discipline, but it works brilliantly. You get a whole lot of envelopes, and on each envelope you put a category. So groceries, school lunches, petrol, you know, or transport, whatever you're using, entertainment if you like to go out to restaurants. And you budget what you're going to spend that cash on. You put the cash in the envelope, and when you go to the shops, say it's a 1,000 rand, you've got 250 rand for each week. I'm just making a low ball number here. You take 250 rand out of that envelope and you go to the store. And that is all the money you have. No cards, no anything else. Just that cash. You then 
spend your 250 or whatever it is, when you come back, any change goes back into the envelope. The next week to go shopping, you're going to do the 250 again. Now, this is only if you're doing weekly shopping. If you do, like I used to do the monthly non-perishables, I would buy all of that, and then you can get away with 250 just for fruit and vegetables. Um, you know, but that's if you're being very frugal. These days, fruit and vegetables are going to cost you about 500 rand a week. So that's an, a way to do your envelope budgeting. When the cash in the envelope is finished, it's finished. You cannot borrow from one envelope to another. You have to wait till the next month. If you've got money left over, you can decide, do I want to keep it for the next month or do I want to put it into a savings? And it's a good way to start building up your emergency fund. So, um, you know, that that's an idea. Now, my cash card is very important to me. We'll carry on talking about cards in a moment. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Right, so I was talking about my savings card for my groceries. I've moved away from envelope budgeting. No one's in school anymore, so there's no little bits of money needed. And the petrol, well, we have petrol cards for that. And it's very specific. My savings card is linked to my store P card. And I earn points when I swipe at the beginning of my checkout process. And then again, if I use that specific card to pay, I will earn my double rewards. So it's a big savings. Um, and those rewards do add up nicely. I use my savings card even to do my online shopping at store C. And I also have a C store discount card. So I get my cash rewards for paying with the P saving card and my discounts when I buy at store C. I cannot remember the last time I had a till slip that didn't have a minus or a savings on it in some way. And it's a great feeling. You know, even like a two rand, five rand, people don't really think about it. But if you add it up over time, it does add up. But there have been times where I've gotten to the till and it's gone down by 200 rand. That is massive. And it makes you feel on top of the world. So that's something I love. And if you're a kind of person who you're never sure if there's enough money to pay for the groceries, having this separate card kind of takes that worry away because you know exactly how much it is. You know that it, none of the other, it's not going to affect any overdrafts. It's not going to affect any debit orders coming off. You've put that money and it is only for food. So that's, and it makes you more aware of what you're spending and how careful you have to be. My next tip is the shopping list. Mm. I don't know about you, but many of us forget our shopping list. I have finally trained myself after long work to take a photo of the shopping list before I leave my house. So that way, even if I leave it at home or I leave it in the car, I still have the shopping list on my phone. I have also um, what I did for myself was a WhatsApp group called Things I Need to Remember. And all you do is start your group. It's yourself and one other person. Create the group, then delete the other person. And you just put down your things that you need to remember. And you just clear the chats when you need to or clear that post when you need to. It's been a lifesaver for me. So the shopping list photo, very big thing. Because when you are shopping without your list, you are going to spend 
something like 10% more than you normally would have, and you're about 80% more likely to arrive home without what you originally went to the shop for. How many times have you gone for butter or for milk and come home with everything except? So shopping lists make a difference. And it, it, it does. It reduces your bill having your shopping list. I know it's tedious and I know it takes a lot of nagging at home to get people to remember to write down stuff. But after the first few times where I've like, well, it wasn't on the list and I'm not going again. So somebody else has to buy it. It'd be amazed how quick they learn not to do it. Um, and it does make its way onto the list. So we had it this morning. Um, there's no butter. Well, too bad. I'm not going to the shops today. You'll just have to wait. Everybody will put up with margarine, whether you like it or not. And that's, you know, how people learn. They take the last thing out the fridge, the last thing out the cupboard. They learn to put it onto the shopping list board, which I have on my fridge. Now, you can do that with a piece of paper. You can do it with a whiteboard, anything like that. And that's what often happens. So I've done it where I've gone to the shops, not had my list, and just asked somebody at home, please take a photo and WhatsApp it to me. Beautiful help. Modern technology reducing your bills. Now, if you want to really reduce your bills, you're going to have to cut out some of those luxury items and possibly even change a few favorite brands. And this can be quite difficult. Obviously, there's some brands you're not going to want to change. For me, it was the tomato sauce. I do buy a more expensive brand. My option for doing that was not because it tastes nicer. It does. But because it actually has less sugar than the other cheaper brands. That's how they get the cheaper ones to taste better, is by putting more sugar in. So that's why we've stuck with that. There are a couple of things that also um, I don't compromise with the brand. Generally, the canned vegetables, you will find certain ones that their processing stuff is just not as good. But I don't buy that a lot. I stick to frozen or fresh as they last better or they taste better. And they have more vitamins in them. They're much healthier. And the truth is fresh fruit and fresh produce doesn't actually cost you more. It only costs you more if you're not going to use all of it in the week you buy it. So it's going to go off. You're going to throw it away. And that's where it does cost more. I also don't buy fish except canned tuna because most members of my family don't like fish. And truthfully, fish at the moment is more expensive than kosher meat. And that's saying something. The other thing we cut out was treats. Chips, chocolates, biscuits, all of those came off my regular shopping list years ago. I would buy a few for the lunch boxes and hide them so that nobody could see them. And then I would take out in the morning and put it and send it with. That was like the biggest thing. And Shabbos. Shabbos is the only time we really get treats unless somebody is feeling very flush and goes shopping and buys chocolate or cold drink or something like that. So those were the things. The other thing we changed was uh, cold drinks. Um, I stopped serving them during the week. We only had them for Shabbos. Now that everybody's adults and some of them are earning money, they tend to buy it and we have it anyway. So, But it's not on my budget. So that's the main thing. The other thing is when you're doing, when you've got small children or you've got lunch boxes, so you're working and you need to be able to eat at work, 
then my suggestion is to buy the muffin mixes or make them from scratch if you're a good baker and freeze them individually. You take one out each day or each week and it can go into the lunchbox. It's defrosted by the time you get to work or get to lunchtime at work or at school and it's delicious and it's a nice treat to have. Then another thing is to stick to the essentials first. You've got your shopping list. You know what's on there. But choose the essentials first. So if somebody has put on chocolate spread, chocolate spread's not an essential. So I would make that last on my list. And I would buy all the other things to put on to bread and then go for the chocolate spread, which is the most expensive. So those are important things. Unfortunately, fish paste is no longer available. So that's a bit of a problem um, because to me that was an essential for my sandwiches. I love that. Um, my family still thinks I'm mad, but sardines used to be one of my favorite. I've taken it off because it just got too expensive. So these are important things to think about when you are doing your food shopping and worrying about what you're going to put in everybody's meals. Now, the easy way to work out how much your budget is per week is to divide whatever your money is, take your 25% and then divide that by four or five, depending on how many weeks between paychecks and stick to it. I just chose a random number. So, you know, whether you earn this or not is, you know, irrelevant. But if you earn 30,000 rand a month, your grocery budget should be around seven and a half thousand rand. That works out to just over 1,800 rand per person, per, well, not per person, per week. Um, and you need to try and stick to that as much as possible. Some months you'll be able to do it better than others, but that is the way it should be done. In the beginning, it is very hard to do. It's hard to break bad habits and old habits. But once you're more conscious of how you're spending, it is a lot easier. And one of the things I do is we are always on our cell phone. Okay, so that's another tip. We're always on our cell phone and we should use it while we're shopping. We should work it out as we're shopping. You put in the amounts and you're watching what it tallies up to and it'll let you know when you're getting close to your 1800 rand. You know, so that's an important thing to think about. Another tip is don't shop when you are hungry, when you are tired or in a hurry. It leads to impulse buying. And impulse buying means you spend 10% more than you were planning on because it looks good. You're hungry. You go, oh, I feel like that. Oh, I feel like this. Then you get home and you don't feel like making it. So it gets put in the fridge and goes off. Very bad one. So that's another tip to, to think about. Next tip is shopping bags. We all joke about how many black bags we have at home, those nice fabric ones, and how much they're worth, that our grocery cupboard is worth more than our house just about because of the amount of bags we have. Now, those bags actually fold up really nicely into small triangles and can be tucked into your handbag so that you always have at least one or two bags with you at all times. Even if you don't have enough bags, it's still going to save you on the cost of that bag. Now, I was talking about those bags and Store C. They actually give you money back for reusing their bags in store. So if you've gone to your shop and you've bought their eco-friendly planet, I think it's called planet something, 
uh, bags. When you go back next time and you have those bags with you, with you, they will scan it. If you have their discount stores card, they will give you a rand off your shopping. If you don't have the card, they give you 50 cents back. That's a lot of money to add up to when you're doing big shopping. So that's an important thing to, to use. And it doesn't matter where you're shopping. Use their loyalty points. Whatever cards you've got, use your loyalty points. Make the most. Make them stretch. Get as much as you can out of them. Learn how they work. Learn how your health points work. Learn how your double points work. All those kind of things. Make them pay. Next tip I have is shop as little as possible. Hmm. Sounds easier that said than done, and it is. In the past, like I said, I used to do a full shop for the month, and everything was delivered without bags. So there's a big saving. It was the non-perishables. You, When you do a big online shop, you're able to check your prices, you're able to buy your specials, all those kind of things. So that's an important thing to look at. But then there were no plastic bags, so there's no wasted money. Your environment is better protected. And then I go off to the shop once a week just for fresh produce. My milk was frozen for the week, uh, so I didn't go back regularly. My bread, I know they tell you you shouldn't, but we froze the bread. You know, those kind of things just stopped me having to get in the car every day and go shopping uh, or stopping the bread from going moldy, those kind of things that happen when you buy too much. The next thing is to don't be fooled by specials. The two-for-one special is only very good if you're actually going to use it. If you are going to use everything you buy, then yes. If you're buying two for the price of one because it says there's a 10% off or 10 rand off or whatever, and the second packet goes off, well, you wasted money. That 10 rand was worthless. Rather make sure that you're buying things that you are going to use or things that can be frozen. So things like butternut. You'll find in the store, you'll sometimes go and they've got cut up butternut and it's about to expire on that day. Take it home, freeze it. There's nothing wrong with freezing it. You buy but frozen butternut anyway. This is going to be cheaper. So that's an important thing. But like green leafy vegetables and things like that, when they've got two for the price of 10, unless you actually have it every single day or a salad twice a day, it's not worth it. It just goes off and smelly in the fridge. So that's an important thing. Another tip and the last one for today is the 100 rand deals. Now, they work very well if you know you're going to use everything or if you know you can share it with a family or friend. But be aware that the store's 100 rand deal may be another store's normal price. So know your prices before you do that kind of shopping. And most places now do 100 rand deals. Um, you can go from the fanciest store to the cheapest one. They'll have these specials on, these bulk specials. There's no point in buying a kilo of green peppers if nobody in the house eats green peppers. Simple as that. But if you do know that you're going to go through two kilos of onions or four kilos of onions, then that's what you're going to buy. So use those four for ones, four, four hundred rand specials wisely. Choose your products carefully and discuss with friends. 
You know, the old days of being embarrassed about not being able to afford stuff needs to go. We're all struggling, everybody. Being able to share with your friends and cut down both your grocery bills is going to be a huge help. Be prepared to share. The Sorry, I have one more tip, and that's only just started in my house. I have a black thumb, so I don't grow stuff. But thankfully, my son seems to have a green thumb. And all of a sudden, we are growing vegetables. And that is going to cut our food costs down massively. Tomatoes. I haven't bought cherry tomatoes in I don't know how long. I think just for the like three months, two months even, I think it was, that we didn't have tomatoes growing. These tomatoes planted themselves. I have no idea. It's not my, not me. Um, they are sweet. They are tart. They're beautiful, fresh from the garden, no pesticides, just wash them and eat them as they are. Um, I also noticed we now have a tomato, actual tomato plant growing, nowhere near where the original was planted, but I had the tomato from it today and it was amazing. So that's an important thing, growing the food that you need, butternut, pumpkin, sweet potatoes, onions, garlic, Lettuce, all these things are just going to make life a little easier. And they can be grown in pots. So just find out from somebody who knows how to do that. It's not me. Now, I've got a recipe for you this week. The truth is that these res- this recipe doesn't need a recipe. It's just one I come up with. But every time I make it, the kids will go, no, but we liked the last time one. And I'll have to say, well, I don't remember what was in last times. Because these are the empty your fridge kind of recipes. These are the recipes that come at the end of the month when the vegetables are not a 100%, you know, perfect, where they are a little limp, that kind of thing. And that is my stir fry. Now, the stir fry is a little bit more exotic because I do put cashew nuts in it. But it's not necessary. And stir fry can be made from anything. Your basics on any stir fry is your onion, your garlic. I add carrots for some color. Um, if I've got cabbage in the fridge, then I will shred the cabbage. Some baby marrows cut into sticks. Leeks chopped up. Celery chopped. Peppers, whatever color they are. Also, anything just about to make flavor. And then besides putting in your garlic, your salt, and your pepper... I add a teaspoon of peanut butter to get that satay flavor if you don't have soy sauce. Soy sauce is expensive to cook with, and so peanut butter gives it that Asian-style flavor at a much lower cost. And it blends in really nicely. You just put it in with a little bit of boiling water, just enough to soften it and to make it pourable into your frying pan. But here is the recipe for the... um, Chicken stir fry. I'll copy that now. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Okay, as I said, I'm going to share my chicken stir fry. This can take on many forms, but this was the original one that I found, and since then I've adjusted everything. It's basically what I have in the freezer. And in the fridge. It feeds four people. It takes about 30 minutes, depending on if you're cooking on a gas stove or electric, because that'll heat up the oil quicker. 
So for the chicken, we used one egg, a tablespoon of maizena or corn flour, a pinch of salt, 500 grams of chicken breast sliced into pieces, 300 mils of sunflower oil or groundnut oil. So any oils are good. Then for the stir fry, it's an onion sliced, one red peppers, corded, seed and, and sliced, a yellow pepper, corded, seeded and sliced, three tablespoons of chicken stock, two ta- three tablespoons of light soy sauce, two large spring onions sliced lengthways, four roasted cashew nuts, oh, four tablespoons, sorry, of roasted cashew nuts, salt and white pepper to season, and you can serve it with steamed jasmine rice. Like, as I said, I do change it up. I use all sorts of other things. I use spring onions still. I use celery. I use carrots, whatever you want in your stir fry. For the chicken, you're going to mix your corn flour, egg, and sea salt in a bowl, but whisking it well together. And then you just dip your chicken sauce strips into that and coat each piece. Now you want the wok to be, or your pot or whatever you're using to be almost like smoking hot. So that's an important thing. It must be hot before it even goes in. Then you add your oil and then you add your chicken. And you're going to fry the strips until about, until they golden brown. So four to five minutes. Now what you're going to find is if your pot was not hot enough and the oil wasn't hot enough, your pieces of chicken do not brown. They stay sort of this white color. So that's an important thing because they boil in the oil instead of being fried. You're going to fry them until they're golden brown and crisp on the outside, then remove the chicken and put it onto a paper towel to drain. You're going to take some of that oil that you've put in the pan and pour it off so that you've only got about a tablespoon left. You're going to reheat the oil and you're going to put your onion in for a few seconds. Then you're going to add your peppers until they are soft. Um, You're going to then put your chicken back in and add your chicken stock, your soy, And you're going to simmer it until everything is cooked through. You can then add your spring onions and your cashew nuts right at the end. Season to taste and serve with jasmine rice. The next one is no recipe at all, of course. It is a hearty vegetable soup. And it is the perfect way to use up your little slightly past the great time vegetables. So they're limp, but they're not ready to be thrown out. So into a soup. Nobody needs to know that they weren't perfect vegetables. You can put, once again, anything you want. Grated, chopped, however. So some of the ingredients I use are carrots, celery, onion, garlic, canned beans, frozen peas, frozen beans, and potato. I'll often add baby, uh, sorry, marrow bone into it just to give it a meaty flavor and to give that soup that richness. Another thing to add into it is broken bits of pasta from the bottom of your pasta packet. So those are some of the quick and easy recipes. Now, if you've got a budget recipe that you would like to share with us, that would be wonderful. If you've got budget tips on how to save money while you're grocery shopping, we'd love to hear from you as well. Please feel free to SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send a telegram to 061-895-1019 or email us on air at chayfm.com. You can also call the studio on 010-140-3020. 
And those are the recipes for today. Now, some kosher updates from around the world. I did not find anything from South Africa. So we are moving on to America and OU. And they have a few updates. Yeah. The first one is something called silk, non-dairy milks, yogurts, and creamers. These were all labeled OU dairy, but they are, in fact, dairy equipment, so DE. The DE stands for that they are parved, but they were made on dairy equipment. So you cannot use them in a meat meal, but you can use them afterwards or before. Then there's a, a warning here from Luxury Meat of Florida. It is not OU certified and never has been. So that's from the OU. They have been falsely representing their meat as OU kosher certified on Facebook. Consumers who may have purchased this meat should contact their personal rabbi regarding the kosher status of their utensils and appliances. As always, consumers are urged to remain vigilant and verify kosher certification of each product. Representations as displayed online may be fraudulent, expired, or limited to a few products, but do not, uh, but are not the company's entire product line. So this is something I usually warn you about at the beginning of this update: is to please check with your rabbi that the hashish on the product is acceptable to your community. It is very important. There are over a hundred different kosher symbols available, um, and I actually have seen an advert for a place that had kosher kosher certification thing but they're open on Shabbos basically what it was was the shop was not certified but the products inside were so that was an important thing that we have to be aware of then from Mexico Kashrut Megan David the Megalito juice has got a new product of powder mix these the only ones that are kosher are the original the traditional and chili with salt and lemon now, I apologize if I have got this wrong. Um, Google Translate had to help me because the the update was in Spanish, and it's not a language I'm familiar with. Then, kosher certification alert from – this is for Villa Cape Wines. The issue is the 2018 vintage wines, which have the importer's name on the label listed as Israco International Food Brands Marketing Limited – Bear an unauthorized OK symbol. The 2021, Villa Cape 2021 is kosher, but the OK did not fire the products in 2018. So please be aware of that. Correction action is being taken. The trademark and licensing department of the OK certification have sent that one out. Now, before we leave, I want to issue a challenge to everybody. This may be a bit of a difficult challenge, but I'd like you to make a conscious use of your loyalty cards and store specials, your bulk shopping places, and see if you can keep to a budget of no more than 2,000 Rand for the week. Now, this actually can be done even if you keep kosher. So this is my challenge. When you go shopping, Make sure that you plan it carefully. So today is Tuesday. Plan to go shopping whether you're going today or you're going on Thursday or you're going on Friday. It doesn't matter. Please plan that carefully. 
Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Okay, so let's work out how this challenge is going to work for everybody. I'm challenging you to only spend 2,000 rand for this week on your groceries and cleaning. So very important to do it is to sit down and plan your meals. Find out what everybody likes and then work them out. Whether you do just the dinners or you do your three meals a day doesn't matter. The issue is how much you are spending. I want you to look at what loyalty cards you have and find out, do some research, work out how best to use them. Whether you have your medical aid points that you use when you buy healthy things or your credit card or your debit card has points. Those are things you've got to pay attention to. Now, I would personally prefer you not to be using your credit card as I don't believe in creating more debt. But if that's where your points are and the points are worth it, so please be aware of that, that's where the research comes in, then maybe it is okay. If you're paying off your credit card in full every month, then that's a different story. But for those of us who pay off the minimum, it makes paying a lot more expensive. So that's your first thing, is to create your meal plan and then draw up your shopping list. Check what you've got. Go shopping using the specials in store, using your calculator, making sure that you've got points. And if you have a look um, at some of the shopping apps, they'll tell you how many points you've got, how much cashback you've got, what items are on special at the time, and try and work around those. What things are you going to earn the most points on? So if you buy uh, baby marrows regularly, then what will happen is it will pop up on your app to say that you'll get double points when you buy baby marrows. Now, you might not get the money immediately, but what will happen is those points add up to cash back. And you can land up with, and it's happened to me more than once, with, say, two, three hundred rand just in points, And you can use those for the grocery shopping for the next week. So that's an important thing that you need to remember to try and work out. What are my points? What do I buy a lot of? It also gives you an insight on the things that you're buying a lot of. So if you've got specials that come up for chocolates and sweets and chips and cold drinks, you know you're buying plenty of that and you're keeping them in business that way. So that's an important thing. Butcheries, kosher or non-kosher. As far as I know, most butcheries, private butcheries, have loyalty reward programs. Whether it's stamps or cards, however it works, use them. Make use of them. There is an article that I did find a while ago that said if you're buying from like a butchery directly, it is cheaper than buying from a supermarket. The problem is that that was an American article, so I'm not sure if it applies here in South Africa, but for non-kosher. Um, but for kosher, we all know that we're kind of limited to where we can buy the food. Um, and sometimes you do need to choose quality over price. It just has to work that way. And other times you have to choose the price issue rather than the quality that you wanted or the cut that you wanted. So that's an important thing. Keep track of your toll slips. Add up your money as you're walking down the store. Like when you put something in your trolley, put it into your calculator. Keep track. All the time. Stick to your shopping list and see how you manage this week and see how close you get to whatever your budget is. 
I'm saying 2,000 rand. It could be less. It could be more. Remember, it's 25% of your income or your bring home salary divided into how many weeks there are. And that is your weekly shopping. So I want to wish everybody good luck with the challenge. I'd love to hear how you do. I'm Adrian Bugatti, and this was the Essen Fresen Show.